A new survey from the FSISAC and the American Bankers Association shows financial losses linked to ACH and wire fraud are decreasing. So what are banks doing differently, and what do these survey results really mean for the financial industry? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group, and I'm joined today by Bill Nelson, President and CEO of the Financial Services Information Sharing and Analysis Center, who shares some perspective about the steps and technology investments financial institutions are taking and making to curb losses linked to corporate account takeover. Bill, this is the second account takeover survey to be released by the FSISAC and the ABA. What can you tell us about the survey, such as the time frames for when data was collected and what some of the comparative year-over-year analysis shows? The time frames for the uh, survey were, in this case, uh, all of 2009, all of 2010, and the first half of 2011. Uh, this is actually a follow-up to a survey we did uh, over a year ago and looking at all of 2009 and the first half of 2010. So that provided a good benchmark for us for this survey. I think one of the results was a larger increase in the number of attacks, corporate account takeover attacks, but the uh, losses in terms of uh, losses that the financial institutions or their uh, customers have incurred have decreased uh, significantly. Now, does the survey focus solely on incidents of account takeover, and do those account takeover incidents touch both retail and commercial accounts? This uh, survey just focused on the commercial account takeover, not the uh, retail side. This was uh, actually tasked by a group called the Account Takeover Task Force, the group we formed uh, actually two years ago now. One of the things that they found was there was some information about various types of online banking fraud, but they were all kind of lumped together. Now, Bill, what can you tell us about the banking institutions that participated in the survey? Is the data collected year over year coming from the same pool of financial institutions? Uh, Primarily, uh, yes. We have expanded the pool a little bit since the, the prior survey. There were 95 what I would call depository financial institutions, banks, and credit unions that participated in this survey. Uh, the other five organizations, a total of 100 institutions participated in this survey. The other five were described as service providers, and these are typically companies that provide services for financial Now, the results for 2011 only include the first six months of the year. How is the FSISAC comparing those half-year results with the full-year results about ACH and wire fraud that they collected in 2009 and 2010? So if you try to annualize that, the best way to do it uh, is to double it, and you can, you can make some assumptions that all of 2011 were at least close to, to double the, the first six months. We're not sure that that's completely accurate, but the only way we had to do it since we only collected six months' worth of data. And when might we expect full-year results for 2011? Yeah, our partner in this was uh, the ABA, and there's a number of uh, organizations that participate in the task force, literally four or five dozen uh, financial institutions, regulators, law enforcement, and, uh, and associations, and the ABA has volunteered to uh, basically run this survey, so we allow them to do it, and uh, I think they've done a great job. We're looking at trying to get this survey off the ground again in the next uh, couple months, so I I would see us uh, probably producing some results by late third quarter. And, Bill, what differences or, I guess, nuances, if any, do you think the full-year results might reveal? One of the things the Account Takeover Task Force did, they worked closely with the regulators, and we did get some input into the way uh, the STAR reports, the Suspicious Activity Reports, are reporting account takeover. And we got a specific line item added uh, to the, the SAR reports. So this actually may provide even better metrics around honing in on what is 
takeover versus other types of online banking fraud. I don't know if this will mean an increase. I doubt if it would mean a decrease. It would probably look like people can identify these more easily through SAR reporting. We may see you know, an increase in numbers, but I'm not sure at this point. Now, one point that I found interesting in the results is that the number of attacks banking institutions reported hitting online accounts has steadily increased from 2009 to 2011. Do you think that hackers are targeting online accounts more often, or is it just that the industry three years ago wasn't really doing a great job of detecting takeover attempts? The latter, they probably are doing a better job now, but I don't think it's that significant. If you look at the losses that were reported three years ago in 2009, they were significantly higher. The total dollar amounts, the percentage of funds that were left the financial institution that were not recovered, percentage of monetary transactions that were actually generated and uh, were not stopped. If they're able to report that, I would think they would be able to report the number of attacks, too. So I see the attacks having... So you've touched on this a little bit, but I did want to ask, you know, every time we do a survey, we have to step back and say, you know, what does this really mean? What do these results really tell us? And I wanted to ask what you think these results really tell us. Where do you see the positives and the negatives? The fact that Either no monetary transactions are generated or the monetary transactions were created but were stopped. And the losses that the customers are actually getting hit with are going, all these figures are going down. I think that's a huge positive. And I think it's good to know that. There's a lot of reasons for that. We can talk about that later. But I think on the negative side, there's still losses occurring. There's still losses that the banks are incurring and their customers. And that said, I mean, if you look at the data, the percentage losses are way, way down from three years ago, uh, becoming less of a problem for the customers, the business customers, and more of a problem for the banks and making sure they don't incur the losses. And I wanted to ask what stood out or came as a surprise from the results? It seems from some of the data that the criminals are shifting from wires in, in many respects to ACH exfiltrate funds. They're trying to do that. But in terms of actually getting the money out of the bank, it seems like wires are still more effective. The numbers we saw were 89% of the uh, account takeover fraud that was actually got the money moved out. 89% of those were wires and 11% were ACH. The attempts to exfiltrate was 70% wire and 30% ACH. Again, wires were more effective. Now, what can we glean from the results about anti-fraud investments banks are making in stronger authentication and device identification technologies? The action that was taken back in 2009 by FSISAC, NACHA, FBI, in identifying various risk mitigation recommendations, um, things like initiating ACH and wire under dual control, uh, you know, limiting admin rights, you know, of course, reconciling your banking transactions, doing anomaly detection, out-of-band authentication. All these recommendations were all fairly new at the time, and there have been a number of vendors that have stepped up and provided solutions to, to many of these, including you know, browser-based solutions, too, where even if your computer is infected, you're, you're using a, uh, a, the vendor's browser, not your own, to create the transactions. I think that's been a, a big improvement. The other recommendation, of course, we had was to execute all your online banking activities from a dedicated, you know, standalone uh, computer system where email and web browsing are disabled. So you only have access to the bank, and that, that's been a, a big improvement, too. So I think all these measures combined, uh, it's almost like a layered security uh, defense strategy. I think that's worked. For the banks, uh, education of their corporate customers has been much broader. I've been on a number of programs for individual banks to talk to their business customers about uh, you know, using these security uh, controls and making sure they maintain a high level of security when initiating online banking transactions.
Yeah, and that was something else that stood out in the results. The amount of time that institutions are investing in customer as well as employee education. But Bill, do you think that they're focusing too much on education and not enough on technology? No, I think they should focus a lot on education. Even if the transactions have left the financial institution, they've been able to get that back because employees have been educated. Their customers are educated to look for strange things. Uh, you know, getting a balance report uh, every morning or every day and saying, geez, I, I thought I had 500000 in the bank. All of a sudden I have zero. What's, what's wrong? And contacting your bank. You know, that type of thing. Education is important, and I think they need to continue to do it, especially with small businesses. Now, there have been a lot of positive things, obviously, reflected in the results, but I'm wondering where you may see gaps. Where do you see banking institutions missing the proverbial mark? I think the FFIC guidance that was implemented, actually approved last year, those to be implemented this year, and, and financial institutions have some time to implement you know, all the recommendations of the FFIC uh, regulators, but they, they really need to be you know, looking at everything that was part of that guidance you know, everything from in, in their annual risk assessments, updating their controls, you know, putting in layered security for consumer and business accounts, and you know, the enhanced security for business accounts. And that security needs to include anomaly detection, which it didn't before. And part of all this is customer awareness and education. So I think not every bank has implemented all these points in the guidance, but they are working with the regulators, to, and, and they're supposed to have a plan in place to implement all this. So I think uh, you know, we're still in the early stages uh, from what I've seen. Yeah, and I wanted to ask about areas where you thought institutions could make enhancements geared toward ACH fraud, and you've answered that question. I don't know if you have any other areas you'd like to highlight, but what final thoughts beyond some of the technology or some of the customer education efforts that institutions are making. What final thoughts would you like to share about the results? Yeah, I, I think it does illustrate that, you know, we, we thought we had almost a silver bullet a number of years ago. Remember when the FFIC came out and said that you need two-factor authentication. That was that would solve everything. Well, that was easily compromised. And, and the bad guys are constantly looking for new ways to get around controls that you may implement. And so you need to look at not just one control, but a variety of controls and make sure you've implemented them, you have sound business practices around that. And if you have those in place, you need to continue to monitor what the latest threats are. We are, you know, of course, FSISAC, information sharing is our middle name, but uh, you really need to be a part of uh, either local groups or, or national groups like the FSISACs. Bill, I want to thank you again for your time today. Okay, thank you, Tracy. Again, we've just heard from Bill Nelson of the FSI SAC. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.